Welcome to EU Code Week Podcasts. We bring coding, computational thinking, robotics, and innovation closer to you, your community, and your school. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are your hosts, Eugenia Casario and Mahal Kehir. We are both part of EU Code Week team and are passionate about the tech technologies, teaching, and education. With this series of podcasts, we'd like to contribute to changing the education system in Europe and adapting it to a society that is getting more and more digitalized. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a very exciting topic, which is robotics. And we often hear about fascinating stories and tech inventions, like the robots who help in the household, for example, the famous Romba, you know, there were so many jokes about it on the internet, or even humanoid robots that, um, through sophisticated and integrated artificial intelligence system, can actually walk, recognize even emotions and communicate with individuals. Um, but while robotics is a major part of evolving technology, it's really not that far off from our own fingertips. Like, for example, a Romba is something you can buy in any electronic shop. And, but it's actually not also that far away from our classrooms. And it actually robotics in education and in the classroom offer an excellent opportunity to develop many different skills that will actually be very important for children to develop, even if they themselves don't want to eventually develop a career or a hobby into technology or robotics precisely. But still, these skills, I think, will surely help them in their future career path or even personal development, don't you think, Maha? Exactly, Eugenia. But how exactly can we bring robotics into to these classrooms and where can we start and what do teachers actually need to think about this? We will be discussing all of this with our guest Isabel Blanco from Spain and I will give her the floor now. So Isabel, can you please introduce and tell us a bit more about yourself? Hello everybody, I'm uh, Isabel, a Code Week leading teacher and scientist ambassador. I am the principal at a primary school in the northwest of Spain in Galicia. I teach English, art and also robotics as a subject. I'm also a teacher trainer in several fields like robotics and ICT. What exactly is robotics? How would you define it? And what discipline does this field include? And can you tell us a bit more about the current uses and applications of robots? Robotics is the intersection of science, technology, and engineering, and it involves other disciplines too, like mathematics or also language. Usually, we work uh, with robotics and through a machine that is called a robot, and usually a robot tries to replicate some human actions, and it tries to help us with difficult or dangerous tasks. Can you tell us perhaps more about some interesting facts or achievement in the field of robotics? And is there anything that you think is a must-known for teachers in this field? Well, there are many uh, achievements in the field of robotics. If we uh, think about industry and factories, all the massive production of cars and other devices is thanks to robotics. Also, uh, we have some household robots like the ones, uh, the one you mentioned before, Eugenia, that was the Roomba that help us clean and do some house chores in our daily lives. Also, we use uh, robots for space missions. I mean, when we go to the moon or to other planets, we can take photos and we can discover uh, other planets thanks to robots. Also, if we think about uh, a must-know for teachers, uh, we should mention uh, Han Solo. This is a person that is called uh, David Aguilar, and this person uh, built an arm with Lego pieces. So it's a great development, and in this case, it's thanks to, to the pieces of Lego, but also uh, thanks to robots, because he can use his arm and he can uh, move it and, and do some things thanks to this technology. 
Yeah, I think it's very interesting what you're mentioning, Isabel, because very often when we talk about robots, we tend to think about humanoid robots that have like extremities and like look like us and kind of imitate humans. But very often we don't think that robots are actually, for example, in cars manufacturing, as you mentioned, or cleaning our household or discovering other planets or, you know, even uh, prosthetics as, such as the Lego arm that you mentioned, you know. And so I think it's very important to to kind of remind listeners of that um, and just be reminded that yeah, yeah, very often it's, it's something rather simple in a way. But bringing it back to the schools, you know, um, you mentioned several uses of robots. Um, so what are the benefits of teaching robotics then for students' learning and for their students' development, not just career development, but also I would say personal development? Well, first, uh, obviously, it uh, helps develop computational thinking on our students, but also it develops other skills like cooperation, communication, because students need to communicate and work together in order to find solutions to problems. Also, they need to solve some challenges, so they improve their problem-solving skills. And also, of course, it's very motivating and fun, and it engages in students in ways that uh, other things don't. So it's important that we use uh, robotics with the students because of, of these, uh, these reasons. Right. And it's very hands-on as well, isn't it? So it allows them really to see straight away the products of their learning, which I think can be actually very encouraging and motivating and, and fun, as you say. I think it's lots of fun indeed. So continuing a bit on this, let's now have a look at how we actually teach robotics. Isabel, can you give us a bit of an insight into your teaching of the practice of robotics? You mentioned before that you were a, you teach robotics at school. And how do you actually exactly approach introducing this subject to your students? Well, robotics is a subject that I teach in fourth grade and sixth grade of primary education. It is one lesson per week. And usually it gets like really short. Students always say, eh, please, can we have more time in order to continue to solve uh, some uh, things and to do more tasks with robots? Uh, the thing is, we always start uh, the subject at the beginning of the school year by talking about robots and the ideas they have about them. Usually most of the kids uh, think that robots are like humanoids. They have the shape of a human. And usually the, the robots that we have at the schools, they don't have that shape because we can't have that kind of robot at the schools, usually because they are big and usually they are more expensive. Once uh, we talk about the robots, I always ask them to draw a robot for me so we can compare the robots they have uh, drawn with the real ones that we have in the, in the classroom. Once uh, we have talked about robots, then we start to introduce how robots are. So we talk like that they have a brain, they can have some sensors, they can have some actuators. I always show them a robot as an example. Uh, most of the times uh, we work with M-Bots, although we use other robots like Scornabots, B-Bots, also the mouse. Uh, we also work with Osobots. During the first term, we work on coding mainly, but then during the second term of the school year, we work with the robots in a disassembled way. So the students uh, get familiar with the different sensors and uh, with the actuators, and they start to code one by one, and they learn how to code them and try uh, new, new ideas with them. Once they are familiar with the sensors and with all the different pieces in the robots, they start to develop some projects to solve real-life problems. For example, last year, they were working on the COVID. 
So they developed some solutions in order to improve the school with the COVID situation. Like, for example, with an ultrasound sensor, they develop a solution in order to measure the social distance between two students. They developed also a traffic light for the toilets because they can't be uh, more than one person in the area of the of the toilets. So uh, they had like, like a traffic light that detected a person. So if uh, the traffic light was red, they couldn't go into the area of the toilet. And um, we uh, developed several solutions similar to that, depending on the year or on the topics that are on our daily basis. That's actually very interesting to, to hear because I, I mind that it's very motivating for students to work in, in a bit of kind of project-based learning and to see their solutions applied to real life. And there are actually solutions being used for actual problems like, you know, measuring social distance as you were mentioning or the space that can be used by students at the time, such as the, the bathroom project, you know. So, so I think that's actually very, very interesting ideas. No, I also like the idea of having like an input-output type of teaching. So it's really interesting for the students as well, like you say, to see the results of their of their work. But I want to go back to what you had said previously about engaging the students in a fun way. So what would be some activities that teachers can use to bring robotics into their classroom? And would you have an example of one that would be suitable for younger pupils in primary and then for secondary school pupils? Well, there are many activities that uh, we can develop with the robotics and the students. Like, uh, depending also on the age, uh, there are more things that you can do with them. For example, in infant education and and the lower level primary education, kids can work with uh, robots like M-Tiny or Quobot. So the idea is that they work uh, with maths, with curricular maths, that they have some kind of content, usually with pictures or maybe tests. So they need to code a, a robot in order to go from a starting point to an end point. So in this case, for example, we can have some animals and they need to recognize the name of the animal or maybe even we can uh, recognize the handwriting uh, of the animal. So the students need to call the robot in order to go maybe to a lion or to a monkey or to whatever. So we can work not just with uh, robots, but also with curricular content. When they are older, they can start to call the other robots and for example, they can uh, maybe do a noise detector in order to improve uh, the level of noise in the classroom, or maybe a robot that measures uh, the distance when that they can jump, for example. You can also make a robot that plays the piano. There are a lot of activities that you can do with them and that they can be integrated into the curriculum because they can be related to the different areas. So also uh, we can work, we can work with insects, like we can uh, turn the robots into insects. For example, if we talk about maybe a firefly or another insect, maybe we can develop a robot that when uh, detects that the light is not enough, so the lights uh, on the robot turn on and we can see during the, the night or without a lot of light. And there are many things that you can develop. Sometimes it's just uh, the use of imagination, not just on the teacher, but also on the students. Then you mentioned that now several uh, different ideas and all very creative. So what kind of subjects can robotics be used in, actually? Because you just mentioned a variety of applications. So do you think it, robotic is something we can look at a bit cross-curricularly? 
Yeah, of course. In fact, that's what I, I usually try to do. Although I have a subject, I always try to cover some curriculum content. For example, on science, you can work with the temperature sensor and you can maybe do a project about the seasons or even the states of matter. You can work on solid, liquid and gas. So depending on the measure, uh, on the temperature that the sensor measures, the robot measures, you can decide if it's a solid, a liquid or a gas. Also, for example, in uh, physical education, you can use it to measure also in maths. You can measure the jump of a kid or even the flexibility. With music, you can develop some routines, some uh, musical chants uh, using sounds. In language, of course, uh, you can maybe um, try to prepare like a short, uh, very short dialogue using uh, panelettes. So uh, between two robots, they need to develop like a, a conversation similar to what you can do on Scratch. And also with um, Science 2 or Social Science, you can talk about, for example, the solar system. So the robots can uh, turn into planets and they can do their revolving uh, movements. So they can turn around themselves and even uh, turn around the sun. So there are many things that you can do to integrate it into the curriculum. Also about road safety, anything that it may occur, it can have a place in, in robotics. I would have a question out of curiosity. We mentioned what kind of subject it can be used in, but what is a subject that for you it cannot be used in? I can't find a subject that it can't be included. I think it can be included in all of them because even in art, uh, sometimes you can transform and customize the robot. So you can use some hands-on skills like uh, with the artistic techniques. So even all of them, all of them are, are good for robotics. Yeah, I was just reading an article about um, robots actually creating masterpieces. So uh, <laughs> I think there has a place everywhere. But with all of these applications, then, Isabel, there comes a question of challenges and obstacles. So what, in your opinion, are some challenges that educators can face when teaching robotics? Or is anything that teachers should be aware of before they introduce robotics into their lessons? I mean, or introduce robotics to their students? Is any anything to, to keep it in the back of our minds? Well, first, I think it's important that teachers have some kind of knowledge about robotics, but also students need to know that teachers don't know everything. And sometimes it's also important that they know that they need to learn on their own, that sometimes they, they need to try to do other things and not have all the help and support from the, from the teachers because we are teachers and sometimes we don't know everything. Also, it's important that you have a second plan. If you are a teacher, you know that technology always fails from time to time and you need to be aware of that and you need to have other tasks or other activities preparing advance for those problems. Like, for example, you know that a robot uh, needs a battery, so sometimes the battery fails or it might be that you need a computer and the network is not working. So you need to be prepared in advance. So in those cases, you need to have other activities in mind, like unplugged activities and that you can do without a, a robot or that you can use maybe a simulator if you don't have a robot. So it's important that you have preparation in advance for, for those technological problems that you may, you may encounter. But it's actually super interesting when you say that teachers don't know everything. And I think it enhances students to actually, you know, create the answers all together, like to tell them that we can find a common answer because we don't have all the answers. 
So I think it's also a good way to get the students on board and to be like, hey, you can also discover this by yourselves because nobody has all the answers. Some feedback that we get from educators in our community is that robots or robotic pieces are, are expensive. So what would you advise for some unplugged activities or a bit more low-cost robots that actually teachers can use? Can you mention a few? Yeah, of course. If we talk about uh, low-cost robots, uh, there's this option that I I have already talked about in other Code Week uh, events. And it's like, for example, Scornabot. It's a robot that was uh, made in Galicia. It's very cheap because you can make it on your own. You need to buy the pieces and you can buy them in stores like Amazon or eBay. So it's really, really cheap. And it's, it does the same as a B-bot or a, or a mouse. And uh, the important thing about that kind of robot is that you make it with your hands when the other robots, you buy them and they are already assembled. In this case, you can buy the different pieces and then you can put it together and assemble it. Also, if you don't have um, a lot of money, sometimes there are like this type of movements or um, uh, maker spaces where they can help you to create a robot with 3D pieces and other things. So sometimes it's not so difficult to have a robot that is uh, cheap. And obviously you can do other type of activities like uh, you can try to make a, a small robot that moves with a battery maybe and with some felt tips or a drawing robot. You can make a drawing robot with um, a plastic glass or a paper glass and some uh, felt tips and um, a motor on an engine and just battery so it can move along. Obviously, you can't code it because it doesn't have a board or any kind of um, chip, but uh, you can build some robots like that. Or maybe even with a mobile, you can have some pieces in a, in a mobile phone and use it to, to build a, a robot. Also, obviously, if you don't have any money at all, you can use other things like, um, like unplugged activities. Cody Robbie are some uh, cards that you can use in order to play uh, games. So you can code like uh, a picture or something in order to move around a, a board. Uh, you can uh, do some pixel art where you have like different codes and they need to solve them and maybe draw a picture. And there are a lot of activities and black activities. You can go online and find them and, and try it and try them. That's great. That's very comprehensive uh, summary of all the options that there are. So thank you, Samuel. So Isabel, how do you think, it is a big question, but how do you think robotics will influence our future? Do you think it will help solve some global problems or do you think they may even create them? Well, I think that robots can help us a lot and they can solve uh, a lot of problems that are difficult for us as people to, to solve. But also we need to realize that robots are machines. They need human beings in order to be able to work well. So we need human beings after a robot and because the people are the ones that create them. So they need to fix them and they need to improve them. So robots are going to be a, a big part of, of our lives. But um, also we need uh, to know that uh, they are not going to eradicate our lives. But I think this is why it's important to bring robotics into the classroom, because robotics will be there in the future. I mean, it's already there. And so the sooner we teach our kids about robotics and the sooner we actually get them familiar with them, with the technology, then I think, you know, the less fear in 
a way they will be. And the less, the more use we will be to this technology and the better we will cooperate with it because it will be there, like just a thing, yeah. But jumping into the classroom question, uh, Isabel, how do you think that we'll be reflecting in school teaching in the future? Well, it's, it's difficult to, to say in advance. I have been working for almost 17 years and I never thought that, that uh, when I started to teach that I could be teaching robotics. And here I am teaching robotics. So things are changing really fast and, and artificial intelligence is there. So I think that robots are going to use a lot of artificial intelligence and they are going to change our, our lives. In fact, they are already doing it. Sometimes robotics is around us and we don't realize it. One example that I always uh, give to my students is cars. They have a lot of a lot of sensors. For example, the light sensor, you know, when it's nighttime, the lights on the car turn on. And the same with other things. When you are in a car park and you start to reverse the car, you know that it starts to produce a little sound so you don't have a crash against the wall. So robotics is there everywhere and they are helping us with lots of things that we don't know sometimes. So I think that in the future, they are going to be a really important thing and we need to be aware of that and we need to teach the kids about them. So to sum up a bit what we have discussed today with Isabel, so we have discussed about the many different approaches and ways into which we can integrate robotics into the classroom. And not only that, but especially we have focused on to how robotics can be something that we teach cross-curricularly and we can actually implement it into a variety of subjects. But we have also focused today a bit on the many advantages that actually teaching robotics has for kids, but also we have kind of uh, taken a look into, you know, what teachers need to be aware of, especially when it comes to, to the future, you know. So this is a bit um, the summary from my side. Well, Maha, what are your takeaways from today's conversation? What I would like to add that was a bit out of curiosity for me is that like Isabel said, robots need human beings. So they're actually there to complement us and not to replace us, like a lot of people might think, because I know it's like a common idea that a lot of people might have. So I think it's important also to go beyond this fear that you know, kids or adults might have and to see that it's actually something that we already live with and we just need to be more aware and actively involved in it to be able to do amazing things, like you said, cross-curricularly, whether it is in arts, music, languages, math, anything. So that would be my add-up of it. But Isabel, do you have anything else that you would like to add? Well, just that, like as a teacher, you need to give robotics a chance and, and try it and get out of your comfort zone and see how you can take advantage of it in order to motivate kids and in order to engage them in activities that are based on, on a real-life context. Thank you very much for joining us today, Isabel. It's, it's been a pleasure, as always, chatting with you, and I think it's been very informative for our guests. Thank you very much. So we are now coming to an end to this episode of the EU Corvid podcast. We hope, uh, listeners, that you have liked this episode and that you have been inspired to dip deeper into the exciting world of coding and robotics. You can always go to corvid.eu where you're going to find a lot of interesting materials like learning bits on robotics and also other approaches to teaching coding. So you're very welcome to go to our website, check out these tutorials, check out these resources where you'll find a lot of interesting materials to get started into the journey of coding and to continue your coding journey and especially into a topic of robotics. So see you next time for a new episode of our Code Week podcast with some interesting facts on coding and digital technologies in education. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>